guys, hey, Brian Newbert here from GoldenBlack.com, live in his car, leaving Value City Arena here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, this is your GoldenBlack.com drive home post-game podcast uh, following Purdue's 73-69 loss at Ohio State. I know not what you're used to hearing uh, to start off these podcasts, the L word. Uh, Purdue loses 73-69. Uh, thank you. Uh, as always, to our sponsors, East End Grill and Ripple and Company, Purdue Federal Credit Union, TNW Design and Build, AnchorPro.com, and the Whitaker Inn, which I will not be driving by anytime soon, in case you're wondering. Um, so, yeah, Purdue uh, falls by four at Ohio State. Um, just when you think you know what's going to happen in college basketball, the exact opposite happens. It's what makes the sport so fun. Maybe not for you right now, because uh, you're not thrilled about this outcome, but... Uh, I don't think anybody really saw upset alert going on here. Um, but uh, I think that there's one story and one story alone from this game. Uh, and it really is that simple. It is, once again, turnovers. And, uh, you know, Purdue commits 14 of them. That's not an egregious number. But they lead to 21, I think, or 22, 22, 22 Ohio State points. And now when you look at Purdue's three losses, all of them on the road, yes, they all included hot three-point shooting, uh, as is the peril of every team in basketball. But they also included the opponent scoring roughly 20 points off of Purdue's turnovers. Um one was 18 or 19, the other was 21, and this one was 22. So you average those out, I think it's safe to say Purdue's giving up about 20 points off of turnovers per game, um, and it's losses, and there's no coincidence there. That's, uh, you know, Purdue's an elite offensive team. Uh, they're just an okay defensive team. Uh, I don't have to tell you the significance here of denying yourself opportunities to score while also making it easier for your opponent to score, if not scoring for them, essentially. Um, so that's the story of this game. That is the one and only story of this game, um, if you ask me. Um, of those 14 turnovers, almost half of them, six came from Zach Eady. Uh, Ohio State did a good job digging the ball out from him and forcing a lot of turnovers around the basket. Eady was not thrilled with the officiating. Um, you don't see him mad very often. He's a pretty level-headed guy, but he was clearly upset after the game and said that uh, he thought maybe it got in his head a little bit, distracted him some. I don't know, but I'll have to go back and watch all the all the uh, balls that Ohio State knocked out. Uh, the ones that happened right in front of me, uh, I can't remember any that really jumped out at me as blown calls, but I'm sure there was a lot of contact on some of them. That's the nature of Big Ten basketball. But uh, that's the uh, that was the biggest thing, the six turnovers that came off Edie's hands around the basket. Uh, otherwise, you get your normal 23 and 13, whatever it was, from him, but Purdue just didn't have enough possessions. Um, really a game where uh, Purdue uh, just, there was a lot of broken plays a lot of just scrambles and a lot of offense off of turnovers for Ohio State, offense off broken plays, as I mentioned before, a stretch where Jamison Battle makes three threes in the span of a minute, 
all of them off of scramble modes, not really against Purdue's defense. That was simply Purdue not being able to grab a rebound uh, during that one sequence, and then there were two turnovers, one from Edie uh, in the low post and one from Fletcher Lawyer throwing it inside. Uh, that led to nine very quick Ohio State points that really I thought was the key swing in, in this game because I think Purdue was down three at the time or something like that, and uh, you'll have to excuse my turn signal. Um, just kind of blew the game open, and it wasn't Ohio State offense beating Purdue's defense. It was uh, Purdue just letting Ohio State get in scramble mode, uh, things like that, and Jamison Battle just making shots. And uh, that happens sometimes. Purdue's done that to people too. Uh, just kind of basketball. But um, I'm not really sure what else to say about this because, as I said before, I think there is one story and one story alone from this game, and it is not a new story. Uh, it is exactly what we've been talking about all year long, that Purdue's greatest existential threat as a basketball team is the turnovers and making it easier on the opponent to score. And I think the data now, the outcomes now, have very much backed that up. Purdue is not going to cancel its season from here on out. This is one loss. Uh, they're still ahead in the Big Ten standings. They're still going to be a number one seed, all that stuff. Um, this was a odd situation with Ohio State breaking in an interim coach. I don't think that played into the outcome in any way, shape, or form. I didn't see Ohio State come out with a different energy or anything like that. Uh, in fact, Purdue dominated the first couple minutes of the game. It's not like you can say Purdue just didn't show up because they dominated the first couple minutes of the game. Uh, and then they started turning the ball over. Zach Eady again for the second time in as many games, gets in a little bit of first-half foul trouble, and that just stops Purdue's momentum. It just throws them off. They couldn't get their bearings in this game without him uh, the way they could against Minnesota. Uh, and it, it just kind of, Purdue just kind of hit a wall without Edie. And, um, you know, that it, it, it's really, really breaking news to say that Purdue's not as good when the best player in the country is not on the floor. But I, I think it's... Not so much as them not being able to play without him, but just kind of stalling their momentum at times when uh, it can open up a window for the opponent to make a run. And that's exactly what happened because Ohio State closed the first half on a 6-0 run. Purdue all of a sudden struggled to rebound, things like that. And it, clearly the foul trouble from Zach Eady affected him. Now, uh, it would be easy to say just leave him in with two fouls. And there, there might be something to be said for that because it was only four and a half minutes to go in the uh, first half when he picked up that second foul. Now, Painter did come back with him, remember, in the first half against Minnesota. Lots more time was left on the clock at that point in time. Uh, but it clearly it affected Purdue today. They just got thrown a curveball that they just swung and missed on. Um, now... You'd love to not have Zach Eady in foul trouble, but I, I really don't see any sort of common denominator. I use that term a lot uh, among the two games, and it's bound to happen. You know, Zach Eady is barely fouled relative to his position, relative to his size, for like two years now. And stuff's getting, stuff sometimes just has a funny way of evening out, and maybe that's kind of what's happening now. Uh, I, I don't know if he's ever fouled out of a game now that I think about it. But um, obviously the last two games, Purdue has been affected by those two 
first half fouls on Edie. Uh, handled it much better against Minnesota than they did against Ohio State, and uh, you know that, that's probably to be expected when you're playing on the road. So um, that's kind of what I got here from the 73-69 Purdue loss to Ohio State. Uh, this was kind of a ramshackle kind of podcast. I'm trying to find my way back to I-70 here. Um, probably should not have been doing this, but it's done now. So the hell with it. So thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you once again to our sponsors, East End Grill and Ripple and Company, uh, Purdue Federal Credit Union, TNW Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and the Whitaker Inn. I will talk to you guys again, I think, on Thursday after Purdue hosts Rutgers. So thanks everybody.